welcome to the Ministry Marks Podcast. I'm David Haynes, and I'm joined by Thomas Majors. Thomas, how you doing today, and what are we going to be talking about? I'm doing great. Our topic today is how can a church bless their pastor while he is in seminary? Now, most uh, most people know that a pastor at least goes to uh, four years of college. Many of them will go on to do a master's degree. That yeah. is like seminary work, Bible college, seminary work. I guess yeah. this could be applied to either one of those cases. Really, it could, yeah. You and I both went to Blue Mountain College at the same time, and we That's have right. an undergrad. Mine's at Biblical Studies, and you had an undergrad in Biblical Studies as well. That is correct. It really set us up fancy for doing master's degree work because Blue Mountain did so well in preparing us. I think Blue Mountain still does a good job in preparing people. I happen to personally know one of the professors over there. I'm good friends with him, and I think he does a good job of preparing students. What do you think? I, I might know him too. I think <laughs> I think he does a good job, but I don't want it to sound too self-conceited right now. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of times though in seminary, uh-huh. in seminary, when a student is in seminary, they are actually serving in yeah. a local church. Now that's not the case for us either, because That's when right. you were doing your undergrad, you were pastor I was. of Little Creek Baptist Church. I sure was. In Prentice County? In Prentice County, Marietta, Mississippi, in man. Marietta. I was there five years and three months, and and I started attending Blue Mountain College in September of, of 06. Uh, that means I'd been their pastor for about 15 or 16 months whenever I started there. And then I graduated in May of 10, and then I left there just a few months after that. So they put me through Blue Mountain College that was my college pastorate. So yes. And so for me, I was youth minister at First Baptist Nettleton. And then I became my senior year, right before my senior year in June, uh, early June of that year, maybe late May. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. I went to Tiplersville Baptist Church yeah. as pastor. And so my last year at Blue Mountain, I was serving. But a lot of times college students, they're serving kind of like I did part-time as a youth minister, yeah, not necessarily as pastor. But many seminary students are going to be full-time youth ministers, or they're going to be full-time worship leaders, or full-time pastors. And when you are are doing ministry full-time and trying to go to seminary, it can be a stressful time. So we really want to discuss today how a church— can bless their pastor during seminary. That is right. And we're not in seminary. We're not. We're done, man. Stick a fork in us. D-U-N is we, man. We are done, Jack. (laughs) Finally finished. That's That's right. All right, so I earned my letters. I think that's how you say it. What, in March of 2020, and then you earned yours in December of 2020? Uh, Officially, I walked in December. Uh, I, I finished... I. Defended my dissertation. It was either in October or November yeah. Yeah. of 2020. Yeah. But I walked. Yeah. I walked officially in December. The of other day I met a guy handing me his card and, and on his card after his name, it said uh, T-T-H-D, Doctor of Theology. I said, wow. I said, Doctor of Theology. He said, that means almost nothing. I said, I'm a Doctor of Education. It means even less. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then you are you are now a doctor of philosophy, PhD. So yeah, so that's yeah. good stuff. But dude, I 
I do. I find I find it fun to now read what I don't have to read. I mean, I've read sixteen books since January, and awesome. I, it, I'm I'm enjoying reading. Where when we were in college, when we were in seminary, we had to read just to survive. You know, just we had all these books we had to read. Had to had to had to. Had to. Yeah, you got to write book reports, oh, uh, book reviews oh, on them, and oh. then uh, re. Uh, cite those in papers yes yes all of that kind of stuff all of that stuff then you have to have papers published and you need to get your papers into websites and the submission process is so uh, you know critical with 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 what you refer to and what you reference so i'm just thankful to be a joyous reader now it's all all that is behind us Ah. so we're we're wanting to help seminary students now we are we are and the first thing that i have written down i have have three things under this umbrella of how can a church bless their pastor while he is in seminary the number one thing i have is be a low drama church be a low drama church one of the most taxing things on a pastor in my opinion is being a dramatic or an overly dramatic church. Making mountains out of molehills instead of just putting those molehills down and saying, this is level ground, everything's okay. You may have served at dramatic churches. I know I've served at dramatic churches. And it is a weight off of the pastor when a church is not dramatic. So go ahead and say something about that. They want to follow up. No, I, I would agree. Man, that is, and that, I didn't think of that. That's very good. Well, but, thank you, sir. <laughs> because seminary is stressful. <clears throat> seminary is very stressful. You're dealing with, you're, you're juggling so many different things yeah. and you're juggling just preparing sermons for Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night. And you're, you're juggling trying to write those book reviews and those papers and read those books. And if you have to throw in that as well, some high drama that is happening within the church, it just brings you your anxiety levels to a different, to a different level. It brings your stress up and it can, detrimentally affect the way you are ministering to the people mm-hmm. or even doing your seminary work. So I'd agree. I agree. I totally agree. And for a church, I don't think you would want to put any unneeded stress on your pastor, whether he's in seminary or not, because you want your pastor to function at his highest capability in ministering and in preaching. And whenever a church is being dramatic, oh, it just hurts. It really does hurt. So Thomas, I wrote this down. I earned earned seminary degrees whenever I was at two different churches. And I want you to try to think about this. We've not discussed this previously. Hopefully you can kind of give us your, your, your numbers on here too. My master's degree came in years one and two of a pastoral ministry. That was tough. Years one and two are typically, yeah, well, you got the honeymoon for that first 12 months, yeah, whatever. But you, those are, those are tough strategic times at a church. And then my doctorate came in years three, four, and five of a different pastoral ministry. My doctorate compared to my master's, they are, they were light and day apart. Uh, years one and two at a church and years three, four, and five at a church was totally different. Where did your degrees, seminary degrees come in your years of service? Okay. So most of my seminary, most of my master's of divinity was, was done at Tiplersville Baptist church. So that would have been uh, two, three, and uh, four at okay. Tiplersville. 
but I actually got the degree when I was went to another church. Uh-huh. Uh, I went to another church and basically had like just a few things to f- uh, figure out on it. You were all but done, basically. All right? but done. Yeah. That's right. Uh, and so my master's degree went pretty well because Tiplersville was a non-drama church. That's it. And I, the, the, the kids nowadays say chill. Tiplersville is <laughs> chill. Trinity is chill. They chill. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm telling you, they have such a great ministry of of calling young pastors and preparing them for yeah. future ministry. And I think they try to be chill yeah, uh, so they can help those young pastors. And man, it's just so needed yeah. for those, those young, those young guys who are at Blue Mountain College and seminary. So yeah. I'm very thankful to them where I actually got the degree. They weren't that chill. Mm-hmm. Right. They were not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Would they, see, would see, the young people say yeah. they were throwing shade? <laughs> <laughs> and see, and the, and, the, and the church that I served, where I got my master's degree at, they were very close in mind and spirit and location. So yes, <laughs> throwing shade, man. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> that is funny. Uh, and then my, uh, like the PhD, the majority of it was done while I was at while I was at Holly. It yeah. took me five years. Yeah. Actually, five and a half years to do my uh, my PhD. So. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, so thinking about thinking about being low drama, uh, I primarily did my doctoral work on Thursday evenings. Here, I have office hours. Sunday is a work day. Then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, nine to three, and then Thursday I come in that morning, type some loose ends. I go preach at a nursing home Thursday morning, typically every Thursday morning, uh, minus a few months during COVID. But then, but then, so I would go home Thursday afternoon. I would get to work on Thursday afternoon, Friday, and then Saturday is when I would do the primary, you know, the grunt work of my of my doctorate but it's so it's so laid back here uh follow the pastor you follow is a uh, is it can be a great asset i follow don baggett here some of our listeners may know don baggett don baggett may accidentally listen to this episode if so I hope, don, he does. I hope so he knows i love him he's a member of our church i'm his pastor uh his his daughter and son-in-law attend here his uh, grandson comes on wednesday night his wife comes on there wednesday night you know brother don's preaching he's always preaching somewhere but but he is such a good guy and shortly after i came to trinity baptist at the at the church I served before Trinity, uh, I was ex officio of every committee, which they partook. They took that as meaning if I couldn't meet with them, they couldn't meet. So, dude, I had meetings some Sundays before a.m., after a.m., before p.m., after p.m. It was horrendous. You will wear yourself thin in a heartbeat if you're trying to go to all of the committee meetings. Let the committees function. They don't need your input. So right after I came here, I kind of was like, all right, asking, hey, you know, I'm ex officio of the committees. What does that mean? And one person who is the, the chairman of the committee on committees, or at least he was at that time, came to me. He said, this is the way we function. Committees meet and if we need anything, we will contact you during your office hours and we'll ask any question at that time. I'm like, you're kidding. He's like, no, that's how we've been trained. I said, perfect. <laughs> and so down through that, I've been here almost six, I've almost completed six years here. I've been asked a handful of questions by committees. I've never sat on any committee meeting other than something that it was strategic, like a building, a planning committee that's strategic, a calling of a staff member, and then deacons meetings. But the other stuff, they function just fine without me, and I like it that way. Yeah, that's good. That's very good. All right, so I want, I want churches to be low drama on your seminary seminary uh, student pastors. What's your first one, Thomas? My first one? Yeah, I know what it's going to be. <laughs> 
<laughs> Show me the money. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. <laughs> Pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, if if you want to bless your pastor yeah. in in uh, his seminary education, pay for it. Uh-huh. Uh, pay for it. If you can pay, more than likely, ask him. Ask him to to sign up for any scholarships. Yeah. Ask him to seek any kind of outside uh, help that he can. But then when he has that remaining balance, you pay that remaining balance. Wow, dude. Yeah. If, if you can pay 100% of that remaining balance, yeah. then do so. I think that that is the main... A seminary education is expensive. Yeah, it is. Very expensive. Um, in the PhD program, when you get to a certain place at New Orleans, you start paying the cap, mm-hmm. which means that you you are paying a set fee regardless of what you are doing that semester. Yeah. And that cap is $3,500 plus the fees that go along with a semester anyway. Yeah. And so you can imagine thirty five hundred dollars. That is a lot. Yeah. And if a person is going to be riding for two or three semesters, then yeah. you're looking at at seven thousand dollars over a year that they're going to have to pay out of pocket. And so if a church is willing to give give money for the tuition, it can greatly help. It can. I cannot speak from experience for that, but I am assuming it would be a benefit tremendously. Yeah. So. And I'll just tell you, one of the churches, uh, when I was only one church helped me uh-huh. with my seminary degree uh-huh. and my uh, paying for seminary, the other two churches I served at did not help at all. Yeah. And so when I went to Blue Mountain, I didn't get any help from, yeah. uh, from the church I was serving as pastor. When I was at New Orleans, one church didn't help at all. I paid for it. Uh-huh. And then I went to another church and they said, we'll help you. Uh-huh. And I was like, okay, that's great. And then when it came time, they uh-huh. said, uh, so how much do you owe for your bill? And I was like, well, I owe this much. What are y'all going to pay? And they said, uh-huh. oh, we're going to pay for all of it. Wow. I said, seriously? Something? Yeah. It's <laughs> like, yeah. this is, this is wonderful. Yeah. And so what they would do is I would, I would sign up for scholarships yeah. and, the seminary would give me scholarships and I would put everything through. I would fill everything out like I was supposed to. This is what I pay. How do you plan on paying for seminary if we don't give you a scholarship? Yeah. Well, my church is going to pay for it, but I really don't want them necessarily to do so. Yeah. And so I always got a scholarship from the seminary and, and then my, church yeah. would just pay the rest. Yeah. Let me let me speak highly of the first church I served as pastor, Little Creek Baptist Church. I was going to Blue Mountain College. You know, Little Creek's not even a Southern Baptist church. Right. They're independent missionary Baptist. But um, but they they wanted to, to help me out and they paid for one semester's tuition. That was we're so thankful for that. They paid for one semester's tuition. But then there was a family in the church. He is now deceased. She is there was a couple. He is now deceased and she is now aging. And uh, but every month while I was in college, they would they told me that they helped their grandchildren out. Whenever their grandchildren was in college, they wanted to be a financial blessing to their grandchildren. And they looked at me kind of as an adopted grandchild. So every month that I was in college, I think they gave me a check for $300 just to help out with, with money, with, with gas, food, whatever I needed. And that was such a benefit. Amen. It was such a benefit. So yeah. So anything you can do financially to help your pastor, he will appreciate it. I promise I, you he will. And I would say if a church can't do a hundred percent, then do something. 
Mm-hmm. Even even if it's just, uh, you don't have to give that to the pastor. Send that, have him yeah. turn the bill in, and then y- the church can send that from the church to the seminary. And it even shows up on the on most seminaries giving that such and such Baptist yeah. church gave to New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary yeah. or to Liberty yeah. Uh, yeah. Seminary or to Mid-America, whatever. whatever. And it yeah. shows up on their giving that your church is supporting them. Yeah. So if you can only give 50%, give 50%. 25%, give 25%. Yeah. If you don't want to give tuition, then I would even say uh, as far as money goes, mm-hmm. uh, you can help him with uh, book expenses. Mm-hmm. Most of the books that you have to use for seminary, you're looking at 15 bucks, probably 10 to $15 per class. Mm-hmm. I mean, per book, mm-hmm. but then you may have five books That's right. for the class. That's right. Yeah. And many of these books are going to be beneficial to the pastor in yeah. his ministry. And so it might be that well, you can't give tuition, but you can give a stipend for him to get books and help build his library, which is actually going to help. Also, uh, travel expense. Yeah. Uh, if I if a church couldn't do tuition or didn't want or just wants to do all of these things, then yeah. travel expense, the ability for uh, for him to stay into a, a hotel. When mm-hmm. he goes for a seminar or for a workshop or whatever it may be, yeah, the church can help in those ways. You're right. All right, Thomas, you mentioned your first. Let me mention my second now. The second thing a church can do to bless their pastor while he is in seminary is to be understanding. Be understanding. Let me tell you what I mean by that. There may be times when when he cannot answer a call because he's 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 live streaming he is giving a report he is in a class he is something he is doing something where he cannot break free but that call won't take but 45 seconds that's it he cannot break free and so i would say be understanding he might not be able to answer a call immediately he might not be able to make a visit immediately and in your understanding i want churches to understand that the education will help him be a better pastor once he is educated not that education solves everything hey education experience had a lot but the education that i gained was so beneficial. And I know that right now, David Haynes post two seminary degrees is a much better person and a much better pastor than David Haynes prior to those two seminary degrees. So please be understanding that what you're doing as a church and how you're blessing him is not just for the here and now, it is for decades to come. And you get to be part of that seminary experience of you being his church and him being your pastor. So I would say be understanding. All right. So my second is going to uh, mesh with that very well. And mine is give him time. Yeah. yeah. Give him time. Yeah. Because seminary work requires a lot of time. First, I would say when you're giving your your pastor or your your uh, staff member time, it would be if he's going to seminary, do not do not make that count <laughs> against his day off and yeah. do not count against his vacation time. That's right. So if, if let's just say that he goes to like a seminary extension that has 
a Monday class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know some I know some staff members right now, some pastors who they have to use their day off yeah. on Monday. To be in the classroom over to there. To be on the classroom. Yeah. And and so basically they get no time off at all. Right. Uh, because the church says, well, that's your day off. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. on your day off, you're going to seminary. Yeah. And so it's it's kind of almost like a slap in the face. Yeah. Give them give them that time. Don't don't make that be their day off. If they're going on seminary on a Monday, then give them another day off. Let them have that time because everything they're learning in that classroom is going to benefit the church. And they are doing that so they can better serve the church and better be a better minister of Christ. So give them that time. Also, I would say give them the time to do a workshop or a seminar and do not make that count against their vacation time. Yeah. Some churches are very strict on that. Mm-hmm. Okay, you've got you got two weeks for vacation. You got two weeks for a revival. Yeah. If you want to do a mission trip or yeah. go to a seminary class, then it's going to count against your uh, your vacation or your revival time. Right. Yeah. Don't be one of those churches. <laughs> Just, I mean, right, because that's almost a legalistic stance, and we want you want to be a blessing to your pastor because you want your pastor to be a blessing to you, and so don't be legalistic. Well, the letter of the law says, oh, listen, who cares? You know exactly. And so with the, how this meshes with what you said. When you give them the time, that means you you are understanding, okay, this time is reserved for that, and I need to be understanding and uh, be, uh, well, I guess understanding is the best word. Compassionate, yeah. Compassionate, uh, yeah. not a jerk. Yeah. Uh, I don't... I, <laughs> So needs, yeah. you need to allow them to have that time. Don't give it to them and then just try to take it back away. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And filling it up. I agree. I agree, Thomas. All right, my third thing to mention is be supportive. Be supportive. This is what I mean. When we worked on a master's degree, we worked on a doctorate. You, the 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 student might mention ideas that may seem foreign to to Podunk Number Three Baptist on the backside of nowhere. And well, why why is he trying to? Why is he wanting us to do this? There's a reason. There's a goal. You might mention books or ideas that are beyond the typical reading of your average Baptist pastor. But it kind of comes with this, you know, it kind of comes with the area of seminary work. One of the best books, one of the most memorable books, I don't know if it was the best, one of the most memorable books that I read during my doctoral journey was about the hiring practices of a construction company. It was so interesting. It was not a religious book. It was a secular book. It had bad language in it. it these are construction guys who wrote the book <laughs> and it was so interesting, but the They looked at promoting within if you know the person has bought into, uh, if you know they have bought into the overall agenda of the team aspect of the construction company and what happens when you have team players on a construction company and then what happens when you do not. And, and it just, it just looked at two different construction companies, one that had a team aspect and we're going to live and die by the team aspect. And one that was a good old boy system of, well, you know, his uncle started this business, so we got to hire him and we got to promote him. And it was so good but to look at it from, a from a church staff perspective. I'm like, oh, I get it. 
what the guy looks like is not the main thing. What his last name is is not the main thing. How much, how many dollars he has in his bank account is not the main thing. Does he fit what we're doing? And really the question is, does he fit what God is doing through us? So be supportive. Your pastor, while reading and studying and learning, will, will stretch you, the church member, during preaching, teaching, during discipleship, while he's doing all, what he's implementing, all that he's Learn so. I, so I think be supportive, and then also this right here: pastors don't only get degrees to leave their current ministries. So many times churches think they do. Thomas, I was visiting one of our church members last week, and she said, "How long has it been?" Basically, she said, "How long has it been since you've earned your doctorate?" And I said, "It's been fourteen months." Well, I just know you're leaving us any time now. <laughs> If I had a dollar for how many times I've heard that over the last 14 months, I'd have a fistful of dollars. <laughs> but no, it's not about leaving a ministry. It's about growing and doing what God has called you to do in education. So my last, my last point for how a church can bless their pastor is, I guess, mainly for D-men students, mm -hmm. uh, for if your pastor is a D-men student, and it would be to participate. Yeah. A D-Men student is going to have to do some localized research within his church. And so that means that, let's just take, for instance, if he is working on a, a D-Men in expository preaching, he may have to uh, get a group of people from the church, give them a survey, ask them to fill out a survey, and then go through some teaching sessions with them. Mm -hmm then preach some more sermons mm -hmm. and then give them another survey. And this could be a process that takes a month or two months or three months, a lot of surveys and teaching opportunities and feedback, just participate in all of that because yeah. they need you to go along with that. They need that church to be that ministry site that they are doing their localized research on. So be supportive of him. Yeah. and be a participant with him and not mumbling and grumbling <laughs> the whole time thinking, well, I don't know why this preacher is doing all of this fancy stuff. I don't yeah. know why we're having to go through. Just be uh, a participant with him yeah. so that he can get that degree and be done. Yeah, <laughs> man, that is good stuff, Thomas. Well, I think we have uh, discussed a lot of how we can bless or how our church can bless their pastor. And uh, I want to thank y'all for joining us today and hope you will join us again next time.